gaming has that massive ability to heal and bring people together. And really, that's what this event is about and what esports and gaming is about. There is no limits. There is no bounds. I can play with someone in Asia, Africa, South America, someone that's just down the road for me. And that's the power of gaming and esports. You've seen live streams that have 600, 700,000 viewers just for their three or four hour broadcast. So it's phenomenal what's happening within our industry. I've been in this industry for almost 12 years now. And in many ways, I still feel that I'm late to it. But the great thing to that is there's so much innovation that's happening. There's so much creation that's happening right now. And you're absolutely still not late coming into the party. So we've got a lot of room in the sandbox for people to come in and play. You need to adopt into that creative play and the freedom of expression, which is going to take typically an older demographic game like golf and bring it towards a younger demographic. And I think that's what's going to increase the user base, the viewership, the content, the social marketing, the word of mouth, and really start getting kids excited about golf again. Welcome to the 100th episode of the Mod Golf Podcast, where we speak with the influencers, disruptors, entrepreneurs, and innovators who are shaping the future of golf. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. If you're new to the Mod Golf Podcast, thanks so much for joining us, and please subscribe to the show so you'll hear about all the upcoming episodes and you can enter in our latest golf product giveaway. I'm your host, Colin Weston, and today my guest is Charlie Watson, founder and CEO of Lazarus Esports. And today we're going to learn about this great event they are going to be putting on in the next week or so, and that is the VIRL Esports Golf Showdown, which is North America's first competitive esports golf event. A good friend of mine introduced me to Charlie a couple of weeks ago, and once I saw what he was doing with the Golf Showdown, we connected as like, Charlie, got to get you on the Mod Golf Podcast. This is right in our wheelhouse of what we love to talk about here. So, hey, with that, Charlie, thanks so much for joining us today and welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast. Thank you so much for having me and uh, such a pleasure to be on the 100th episode as well. So thank you so hey, much. No problem. No problem. So, Charlie, let's start with Lazarus Esports. Why don't you tell us about what you do with Lazarus? Because golf, you're just dipping your toe into golf, which is super exciting. We're going to dig into that. But tell us about Lazarus Esports and uh, what you've created there. Give us the, the brief backstory. Yeah, so so Lazarus Esports was founded back in 2010. Um, I bootstrapped the company for eight and a half years uh, by myself, but it's Canada's first established esports organization. Um, so we we started back in Call of Duty and then console gaming, and then have grown to be in PC gaming and mobile gaming, and quickly uh, adopted in the battle royale market. So either way, we've got a, a very reputable and extensive pedigree in esports and gaming, and so we've got to about 40 pro players that span across eight or nine different games at any given time. And we've got a very large content pool as well. So we average about 7 million unique viewers uh, on a monthly basis across our, our streaming channels. And then we've got about 12 million social engagements across Twitter, Instagram, and that across our entire portfolio. So we have a very large uh, esports team here. And we're under the parent company, Title Gaming, which is going to be going public here in June on the CSE as well in Canada. Exciting, exciting stuff. So tell us about the other sports before we get into golf. Tell us about the other sports that you are involved with Lazarus Esports. Yeah, so we, we've always been a, an early adopter of, of getting into new games. Love being a pioneer and a builder. 
So we were the first to get into NHL esports. We were the second to get into Madden. We were the sixth to get into FIFA. We're the first to get into to esports golf. So we're the first professional organization to put on a tournament. We've also signed the world number one ranked esports PGA Tour 2K player as well in Steve Sloan, which is also a Canadian boy out of Hamilton. But yeah, we love being in sports and especially with what we're doing with Sports Flare, our esports betting technology. That's another division under Title Gaming. Just makes so much sense for us to to be into sports as we have been over the last four years, continue to, to develop in those lines and, and continue to build those communities for us. Love it. Love it. So I think as you know, Charlie, I've been involved in the golf entertainment realm for a few years now through my company, Reviver Sport Entertainment, and what we do on the Mod Golf Podcast. And one thing I've talked about for some time and also what we're looking to align and converge with all the products and experiences we create with Reviver is getting golf aligned with esports. And I've struggled to find those right parts and find people that really have the connectivity and the desire to make that happen. So let's talk about what you're doing here really as a launch, as a, if you want to call it, proof of concept of pilot opportunity with this competitive golf showdown and the VIRL, which is the Vancouver Island Regional Library. So we'll talk about your connectivity with them. But anybody that's all over, especially in the States, all of our listeners, Vancouver Island, I'm in Vancouver. Vancouver Island is a big island just off the coast here of Vancouver with the biggest city being Victoria. So let's talk about that. How did that all come together here for you to finally see the opportunity to uh, to get into the golf esports realm? Yeah, so the VIRL showdown presented by uh, Bear Mountain. This is uh, an, an amazing event, uh, first of its kind here in North America. Almost could have said the world, but we had someone uh, in the mobile space beat us by like, I don't know, 60 days. So we lost that moniker. But it was uh, one of the board members of Vancouver Island Regional Libraries uh, reached out to me back in August of last year. And they wanted to originally do a Fortnite tournament. And I really felt that that was kind of disconnecting from the community. I love working with Canadians and Canadian properties and really wanted to, to try to figure out a way that was really going to speak to the culture that was in West Coast and on the island. And so they're so well known for like hiking and canoeing and outdoors and hockey. Obviously, sports is just big there. Uh, but then golf, there's just so many renowned golf courses and such a rich golf community. So it was something that uh, I said, you know, we, we shouldn't be doing like a $500 Fortnite tournament that's going to get lost in a sea of Fortnite tournaments. We should really be focusing on something that's never been done before. So pitch that to the board, work with Jason and Jonathan over at uh, VRL as well and, and Rosemary on the board and uh, they've been so supportive of understanding that libraries are no longer just a book on the shelf anymore. Their ancillary services are really what's the lifeblood of communities. So they have 39 properties on the island and it's really trying to connect all of these different libraries that are on the island that are all major hubs for all these different areas within the island as well. So they found that golf was a way to speak to the culture and speak with the communities and we've had such a positive response. So we're putting on this, this first of its kind competitive esports golf event and Bear Mountain has been fantastic in terms of coming on board and being our title sponsor as well. So yeah, we've got uh, an amazing event that is really going to blend new and casual gamers to this event as well as ones that are also competitive. So it's exclusively on PlayStation 4 for this first pilot event and uh, you're going to need a copy of PGA Tour 2K21 to compete but the qualifiers are April 20th to the 27th and then we're going to have a live finals on May 2nd 
for the top four of the individuals and the qualifiers that are going to compete on on a live show on May 2nd. Yeah, good stuff. We're recording this a day before the qualifiers start, and we're going to hustle up and get this episode out in a couple of days so that the qualifiers will be on. Is there a chance for anybody to still register? I know you have to be on the island, because I think there is some, maybe you can talk about that, this kind of social impact to encourage people to get a library card, one of the regional libraries. So why don't you talk about that? What's your capacity for this event for the qualifiers? And are you already packed out on that? Or tell us a little bit about that. We can bring in at least 300, up to 320 uh, registrants into the event. So yeah, we're not at full capacity right now. I'd say we're, we're probably close to half. We know that within the next seven to eight days that uh, that's going to get closer to full capacity. Just with this being a, a first type of event, not only just offered through the libraries and on the island, that's so hyper-focused to the island as well, but there hasn't been events for esports golf before as well. So we're really moving and shaking uh, within the industry and obviously within the, the library side as well. So yeah, there's absolutely still time to register right now. So if you go to VRL.com or esports showdown, it's going to pop up. So hashtag VRL showdown, VRL.com forward slash esports showdown will take you right there. You need to register. So here's the cool thing is that you have to register online. And then you also have to register for a library card, which is kind of like the unique challenge of, of doing this production and event as well. So yes, you need to be in that VRL service area, which is essentially everywhere on the island. And then, yeah, you register for a library card and that will automatically put you into the tournament. You'll get some news here within uh, the next 24 or 48 hours, whenever you register. And then uh, you get to play your your four rounds over the, the seven days. And then whoever's the highest round qualifies for that live finals on May 2nd. There we go. And... You have been kind enough to invite me to be one of the, uh, I guess I don't know if you want to call it guest. I don't know what I call celebrity. I think that's maybe a bit of a stretch with me, but at least a... It's, it's our, celeb- our celebrity foursome. There we go. Yeah. It's part of your celebrity foursome. So uh, I need to, of course, hustle up and get on a PS4, which of course you have been so generous to make the connection here in greater Vancouver in a city to south of us called Richmond and their gaming stadium there. So I'll, I'll be down there getting some reps in, practicing for a couple of days beforehand so I don't completely embarrass myself on the Sunday, which is May 2nd, as you mentioned, for the finals. How are you going to be broadcasting that? Is that actually going to be through Discord, through Twitch, or what what platforms are you using then that people can connect if they want to watch the finals to learn more about it? Yeah, so we we have an amazing broadcast partner that's also another Canadian property uh, called the Gaming Stadium, as you mentioned, under Richmond. So the guys there and the team there have been fantastic. We've partnered with them. So Lazarus Esports has partnered with TGS. So we're going to be broadcasting through all of the Lazarus channels. So twitch.tv forward slash Lazarus. And it's the same thing on YouTube, Trovo, Facebook Gaming as well. So you're going to be able to catch us pretty much anywhere, whatever platform, whatever device to be able to watch this golf event. Nice, nice. Okay, before we dig into why golf, and the potential of this, which gets us both really excited of using this once again as an awesome proof of concept with the opportunity with the Golf Showdown. Probably have a lot of listeners because most of our listeners are in the US. They're probably saying, well, how does this really apply to me? It's not really connected. I can't play. But the opportunity here for Lazarus Esports is huge to be able to then tap in with partnerships to have events like this anywhere and all over North America. So with that, let's step way back if we can here, Charlie, because a lot of our listeners may not even know much about esports. So can you give us an 
Boston Esports 101 and talk about the size of the business and the industry. Perhaps you can give us a high level in a couple of minutes, which might be tricky, but I'm sure you're up for the challenge. So go for it. Yeah. So I'll, I'll unpack that a little bit. So esports represents, let's say, five or 10% of the overall gaming marketplace. So esports is the act of playing a video game competitively in front of an audience or for an audience, typically for cash consideration or prizes. So for instance, one of our biggest events that we competed in was the Fortnite World Cup that took place a couple years ago in New York. And we had six competitors play and Lazarus Esports won $3.45 million US in that weekend. So we had a fantastic event and we're ranked number one in Canada. We're ranked top 10 in North America. And then we're ranked 29th in the world in terms of esports earnings for Lazarus Esports. So, and that can be whether you're a PC gamer or a console gamer or Nintendo Switch even. Mobile gaming is going to explode here as well. I think VR is going to be big moving forward as well. Any game can be competitive if you want, but it just depends. Is there an audience? Is there viewership? Is there a competitive scene for it? So that's esports. And when we're looking at that small 5 or 10% of the overall gaming marketplace, esports is a couple billion dollars just in itself. And if you were to look at the overall gaming marketplace, this is billions upon billions upon billions of dollars. So the gaming marketplace is massive. It's extremely inclusive. So whether you're young or old or whatever the situation is, you have a home and you have a place and you have a community. And one of the, the greatest things about gaming is one of the big things is that it's really helped youths cope with a lot of things. So whether you're in a hospital or you have depression or anxiety or stress, gaming is a massive outlet. So maybe where your parents watch TV and or movies and maybe their parents listen to the radio, gaming is a massive outlet. And it's the same thing, which is why we also partnered with Gamers Outreach for this event, which is a not-for-profit charity out of the United States. They created these go-kart systems that were raising money for this event. We're raising $3,850 for this event to bring a gaming go-kart into Vancouver Island Health. That's going to be going and donated to a hospital on the island. So maybe a kid is terminally ill or is recovering from burns or broken bones. Gaming has that massive ability to heal and bring people together. And really, that's what this event is about and what esports and gaming is about. There is no limits. There is no bounds. I can play with someone in Asia, Africa, South America, someone that's just down the road for me. And that's the power of gaming and esports. So hopefully that encapsulates gaming and esports in a 101 for you here, Colin. Well, it certainly does. You did a great job there. And if I still have some listeners out there still thinking, you oh, know, this whole esports thing, it sounds kind of niche or fringe. Is it a real business? It's a trend that's maybe it's just it's not going to last, which of course we both smirk at because we know that's not the case because it's so embedded yeah. in contemporary lifestyle. Now, perhaps give us some stats, like give us some numbers as far as unique watches for some of the big events that have happened in the last years and even what the top esports athletes will make for a tournament or even for a year. Give us some stats there that show the magnitude. Yeah, there, there's some amazing stats. When Ninja, that's kind of one of the, the catalysts in our industry is when Ninja and Juju Smith-Schuster and Drake all played that one night several years ago. And even though we knew gaming and esports was mainstream, it wasn't mainstream, so to speak. But that night really catapulted the industry maybe two or three years ahead. And much to what we're seeing right now with COVID, when people can't go out and play sports or hang out or, or do their normal things, the silver lining of COVID is that people that have been streaming or creating content or playing games 
seen a four or five X multiple on what their viewership is or what their business is or the valuation of the business because esports has really been catapulted once again, two or three years uh, ahead of its time. So when we're looking at valuations, for instance, there is a number of just esports properties that are valued well north of 100 million US. A number of our competitors only even just to the Lazarus. So as much as we're a platform company from Title Gaming and they have Sports Flare and Lazarus, there's a number of just solo, single entity, single IP exposure companies that are only focused on esports and gaming. And they have valuations north of 100 million. And these are Series B, Series C raises of anywhere between 27 and $50 million. So the raises are incredible. From the viewership standpoint, there is individuals from South America that are just going off like crazy here in the last couple of months where they've had concurrent viewership on Twitch of north of 600, 700,000 viewers just for the launch of a Fortnite skin. You've seen live streams that have 600, 700,000 viewers just for their three or four hour broadcast. So it's phenomenal what's happening within our industry. I've been in this industry for almost 12 years now. And in many ways, I still feel that I'm late to it. But the great thing to that is there's so much innovation that's happening. There's so much creation that's happening right now. And you're absolutely still not late coming into the party. So we've got a lot of room in the sandbox for people to come in and there play. There we go. So using that analogy of the party and showing up at it, golf has been late to a lot of parties, especially on the innovation <laughs> and technology side. And of course, what I talk about on the Mod Golf podcast, that's the conversations we have. And for the most part, the golf industry has been a lagger. It's very traditional in a lot of senses, but it's really ramped up over the last couple of years. So I'm sure you've seen this also. It's the fact that you're now dipping your toe into golf for the first time. With the research that you've done, the due diligence, the conversations you've had, Charlie, where do you see the potential? What gets you excited for the partnerships of uh, esports and gaming and competitive events in the golf esports space moving forward? Yeah, so we're seeing a lot of interest in, and increased appetite for the sports lines because once again, kind of relaying it back to COVID. So one of the natural things that we're seeing, in, and I don't want to just talk about the betting side, but it is absolutely relevant. Obviously, with COVID happening, all these bettors at like a DraftKings, Bet365, whatever, they don't have an opportunity to bet right now. So you're seeing that community that naturally bet on DraftKings. That's a massive community and they're trying to figure out new ways to bet. So esports and games has really been a propelling force for that. So we're seeing that's kind of like a trickle down effect where NHL has exploded right now. Madden is getting a lot of heat. MLB is just about to take off. So MLB, the show golf is seeing huge effects of this drop in the bucket right now and the ripple effect to them. So we're starting to see the sports scene heat up. We've been playing in the sports fields for many, many years, and it's taken a long time to really build up this emerging market of the esports and gaming side for the sports scene. So yeah, sports is, is, is about to take off right now. It's really been a, a massive catalyst because of COVID-19. Yeah. I don't know if you have the insights to answer this, so I'm going to ask it anyway. What do you see with the trends or the people that are migrating over to then trying golf esports for the first time? Are they traditional gamers that play in other sports or are you even seeing recreational golfers like real golfers that are coming over as a combination thereof? Are you, do you have any patterns you've seen emerging of the people that are being onboarded for the first time to grow golf esports? 
Because it's so early on the golf side, I wouldn't be able to, to speak accurately to it. What I can say, though, is much to like you would see someone that was in the Army or the Marine Corps or Air Force. These are individuals that when they're not participating actively, I should say, they are playing Call of Duty. They're playing Halo. They're playing things to keep their mind sharp. They're staying tactful. They're kind of staying in the zone, if you will. And we've seen that a lot where an NHL player has played NHL East sports or NHL just on on gaming and online. I'm sure that there are a number of golfers that do play PGA Tour 2K21 or have played EA Sports or Tiger. Everybody's played Tiger Woods in the old days. And it's fantastic that he's announced that he's coming back into esports and gaming. And I'm a a Tiger fan, obviously, as well. But the long of the short of your of your question is, yes, I believe that you'd see a number of athletes that do play their sports. They are playing in esports gaming. We've seen such a wide range of hosts of athletes that have come into our industry that are NBA players, NFL players, NHL players that have invested all throughout our entire gaming industry and our ecosystem. So it's fantastic seeing that. But yes, I think that uh, golf has a much larger demographic, which I love. So it's not just kind of playing to that 14 to 25 or 14 to 30. You're seeing the young individuals that I think are sub 18, but then you're getting the older crowd as well, which is kind of like that 30 to let's say 50 or 30 to 60 range that do love golf. They want to play a casual game. They want to de-stress. They want to chill out. They just want to lay back in their recliner, lay back in their couch and play games. So yeah, I think it's it's got a very wide range demographic. Yeah, really excited about the endemic partners within this space that finally have an opportunity of now moving into, into the esports sector. Got it. So I play a lot of golf games, usually mobile ones with my thumbs there, which I kind of like because I don't lose any balls or take any penalty strokes. And I actually shoot better than I do uh, than my 15 handicap (laughs) allows me to shoot on on a real course. But I've noticed that there's two camps as far as golf video games. One is the hyper realistic replicating Pebble Beach or St. Andrews or Spyglass and choosing the actual clubs you want through whatever manufacturers. And there's, there's that fantasy side of these holes that don't exist and couldn't exist that are just that pure fantasy what have you seen is there room for both or you think over time that one will dominate or one that kind of captures the imagination of a bigger audience Yeah, I think you need that duality where you have games that have the hyper-realistic focus to what you play in real life, because I think that is drawing the ire of a lot of individuals that are purists and are realists. Like when I play Call of Duty, like I want a realistic game that makes me feel like it's not kitty. I want something that makes me feel like I'm performing the right actions. I'm I'm thinking strategically about how I want to position. It's the same thing with golf. Like I want to know like the water is exactly where it is. I want to know where the sandboxes are, the yardage towards the tee as well. So that is an important thing to me as a competitor and something that's going to challenge me. And for someone that can't go out and play Pebble Beach, I want to be able to feel like I'm playing there. So I think you need that very realistic side. On the flip side, though, I think you need to adopt into that creative play and the the freedom of expression, which is going to take typically an older demographic game like golf 
and bring it towards a younger demographic. And I think that's what's going to increase the user base, the viewership, the content, the social marketing, the word of mouth, and really start getting kids excited about golf again. So that I get to create my own hole or do creative things. That's already happening right now within certain games. So PGA Tour 2K21, for instance, for our golf event here, we have with Bear Mountain being our title sponsor, we actually had a Canadian designer design an actual replica of their signature hole 14 par three that our entire amateurs and our celebrity foursome is going to play at the end of the live stream on May 2nd, which is two spec like i'd say it's 96 percent accurate it's impossible because there's certain restrictions to the designers but to be able to create something from real life and insert it into the game for others to play online is incredible and it's so powerful to do that so for bear mountain to say that they're the first ones that aren't like a licensed course to come in and do that they saw the opportunity to really realize hey how can we expand past just our golf course and our location how can we get online how can we market this towards our members and our families and our community and saying, listen, we recognize gaming. We recognize esports. We recognize the opportunity for us to expand our demographic and continue to grow our, our new members moving forward. So on the flip side of that, the creative side for, for golf courses that one can only think of and dream of is really important too. And I think you're going to see a lot more of that happening on mobile moving forward. Console has been so hyper-focused to, to being real. You'll have some creators that will create courses that are fun and unique, and that's part of it. I think that needs to be increased. But I think mobile has probably the largest casual fan base and the younger fan base to actually have greater success in that area. Got it. Got it. Well, I know on the mobile side that some of those, what I call it, uh, non-realistic or, or fantasy golf experiences, there's Golf Rival and Golf Clash. And you know I play those yep. all the time. And like they're short and they're sharp. You play head-to-head as someone around the world. It's like one winning doesn't mean anything but at the same time it means everything right because there's that dopamine yeah. drip and that's what keeps you coming back with esports and why we do it i want to circle back to uh, what you talked about there is kind of the social impact side of what you're doing with this virl golf showdown and you talked about the mobile go-kart for kids that are in hospice or in hospitals give them access to play so I know talking to you, Charlie, that the social impact and the giving back aspect means a lot to you and that inclusivity piece. And you started to touch on that a little bit. So I wanted to ask you about that as far as a lot of people seeing or thinking that all gamers are guys, simply young white guys. So how do you see that changing? What excites you or reassures you and the efforts that are being taken to welcome more women to gaming? So what type of trends are you seeing now to make gaming more welcoming, inviting and more diverse? Yeah, it's such an important question to ask. So we've always done our best to be a champion for the LGBTQ plus community and women in gaming as well. So we've had co-ed teams, you know, we've had women obviously within our staff and our executive level. We have fantastic partner with She Is, by women, for women, to empower women in sport and business and gaming, which is so important to us. We have a number of female content creators and players, pro players as well. And we're so enriched for having them here in our organization and to be able to, to lean on them for their relationship and their experience and their know-how. So that's important to us. 
But yes, in, in terms of where we've seen the community move in the last two or three years has been fantastic. So it's not too long ago where it was heavily male driven, the masculine toxicity and the negativity and, and all that nonsense. And don't get me wrong, like that's always going to be a part of gaming. That's always going to be a part of our overall community, even as much as we're all trying to eradicate as much as possible. So unfortunately, like it's just impossible to remove, but it's been phenomenal to see the waves that have been made here in the last one or two years specifically. Really since about 2018, you can see it everywhere right now, which is where you want it to be. So from sports organizations to esports organizations to these endemic companies to non-endemic companies that are hiring females to, to be a champion and understanding more about what's happening in esports and gaming. So really from the top down to the bottom, you're starting to see a larger contingent of women women that are throughout the ranks. As I've overstated, it's such an important thing to talk about, to focus on, and to ultimately try to integrate within whatever facet you're doing within our industry. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that you're really taking a leadership stance on that in the industry with Lazarus Esports. Not only is it the right thing to do, but ultimately it's good for business. You know, diversity does make us stronger. It's yeah. not a cliche. It is a fact. And it sounds like you are definitely embracing that in the right ways. And I've, I've got two young daughters too. So I've got an 11-year-old that's a gamer and she loves golf clash she loves golf and playing Fortnite and playing with her friends especially because she can't do it at school she can't do it in person so gaming has been even more prevalent now i know i've stated it multiple times throughout our conversation but once again because of covid and the connectivity and the seamless borders that's really important but yes i have, I have two young daughters kennedy and rook and if, if i wasn't a champion for for females in gaming then i don't think that they would have a spot in five or ten years when or if they chose to to come into my company or or our profession or what we're doing in our industry. So it's critical to me that not only am I a good role model for her and showing her a path that can be accepting of her to come into it, but whether it's accepting or not, both of my girls are going to be blazing a trail. So I'm really happy that we're focused on a very small part as, as much as we can do within our industry. Love it. Love it. Well, I have lots of questions in my head that I want to ask you, but you know what? I'm going to show some restraint. I'm going to hold off on those because <laughs> you and I are going to jump over to a video call. So that's Right. which will be on our Mod Golf YouTube channel. So I'm hoping that our listeners will jump over there afterwards and become viewers. So it won't be the same content. It'll be additional fun stuff. I got some other questions here I'm going to ask you too that I'm holding off on. So to finish up here, Charlie, why don't you again let everyone know out there how they can find out more about the VIRL Golf Showdown. Yeah, so you can find us with our hashtag, uh, hashtag VIRL Showdown, which should pretty much connect you to anything online. That's probably the easiest thing I could tell you. But going to Vancouver Island Regional Libraries, that'll help direct you as well. But yes, VRL.com uh, forward slash esports showdown, uh, that should direct you. But the hashtag is, is going to connect you there. You can find us at Lazarus on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, anywhere. Just type in Lazarus Esports, you'll find us. So and then the, that'll also direct you to the golf event as well. So we're pretty easy to find. We're, we're, we're not hiding. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely not. And as I mentioned, I will be trying not to embarrass myself on May 2nd as part of the Celebrity Foursome. So, hey, if you want to watch me in action or inaction, depends on how well I play, join us. Come watch. And 
And as I do, as I mentioned, I will put all of the links and contacts that Charlie just mentioned there in the show notes and also on his bio page. So it'll be easy for all of our listeners, all of you out there, to find the event. So with that, Charlie Watson, founder and CEO of Lazarus Esports. This has been amazing. I love this conversation, Charlie. Thanks for joining me today on the Mod Golf Podcast. Sam, thank you so much, Colin. It's been a pleasure. So that's a wrap for this episode of the Mod Golf Podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Charlie Watson, CEO of Lazarus Esports, to learn about North America's first competitive esports golf event. If you'd like to learn more about the VIRL Esports Golf Showdown, and if you live on Vancouver Island to enter to play in their qualifier tournament, visit our episode show page where we've included website links and contact information. The video link for my extended conversation with Charlie is also on our episode show page, and please subscribe to our Mod Golf YouTube channel while you're there. If you leave a comment, I promise to respond. Please join me next time when my guest is Eric Sidrance, founder and CEO of Member for a Day, to explore his passion for helping nonprofits and charitable foundations exceed their fundraising goals through the power of technology, social media, and golf. I'd like to take a moment and thank our sponsor partners, Golf Genius Software and British Columbia Golf, for helping make the Mod Golf podcast happen. Without their support, I wouldn't be able to bring you these engaging stories from golf's brightest innovators and influencers. If you enjoyed this conversation about entrepreneurship in the golf industry, you can find more Mod Golf episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen in. I'm your host, Colin Weston. Thanks so much for joining me. Bye for now.